0: Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. I'm going to minister a little bit on connecting the dots. Because I begin to take a little memory lane back and see some of the dots that have been connected for uh, Daryl and I's life. And, And I'd like for you to take a look at your life's timeline. Because I believe that you're going to see some connections as we get into this about the goodness of God. And you're going to see where the enemy tried to take you out, but then God moved in. And that which seemed like was going to take you down, you're now standing on the platform of it. And you're proclaiming the goodness of God. So I want you all to go on your, this is your story today. We're all going on the story together. Now I'm going to give some stories up here. And I'm not going to use verse for verse today. I feel like just telling you Some stories about some of these men of God. And I didn't, I did get one moment of God. And I got in the Old Testament. And I thought when I got done, well, I should be over in the New Testament for those people that have a problem with, oh, they're just teaching Old Testament. But I'm, oh my goodness, when I started thinking about that last night about one, two o'clock, I'm like, oh my goodness, I could, you know, if I could just do this over, maybe I can do part two and we could go into New Testament. But no need, I don't need to do that. Uh, But you. You you can do that. We are here on this earth, without a doubt, with and for a divine purpose, every one of us. And the enemy of our soul, he always is going to try to get us tangled up in a mind war. Isn't it something that, see, this is where our mind is, and our mind... If it's not renewed to the word of God, then it tells our flesh to go open that refrigerator one more time. Because there's something else in there that you might want tonight before you go to bed. The soulish realm is where we're instructed to bring every thought. Every thought. We have a lot of thoughts, don't we? Now, if we'll stay busy bringing our thoughts into captivity and pulling them down... And telling our soulish realm, oops, that was not a good thought. That's not what the word of God says about this situation or about you. And then we will get our minds renewed to the word of God. Let me ask you this. Has God ever spoken a word to you? Have you been reading the Word and it jumped out? You know, and you're like, I never saw it like that before. And you felt something inside. Hey, is there anybody in here that's ever read the Word of God and you have felt something rise up in you as you read it? Anybody at all here? Come on, I'm in the right place today. If not, then maybe you need to read a little bit more and say, God, open my eyes. Holy Spirit, show me your Word because I believe that your Word is incorruptible seed Right? Now let me ask you this. Have you ever had a prophecy be spoken over your life? Somebody, someone prophesied something over you and you knew it was a word from God. You knew that it was. You knew it was a word from God. Uh, if you believe that, I want to tell you that. Psalm 33, 9 through 11. I'm going to read these real quick. I'm going to move fast with Scripture, and we don't have much that you're going to turn to. You're going to have to trust me and go home and read read then, okay? But verse 9 says, For he spoke it, and it came to be. He frustrates the purposes of the flesh. Now, that's what the Spirit of God wants to do. That's why we fast, because he frustrates the purposes of the flesh. Our flesh, like I said, you know, if I'm not renewing my mind, it won't operate right. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. Now, that's the one we get excited about, right? Because for he spoke it and it came to be. Proverbs 19.21 Many are the plans in a man's heart but it's uses us the Lord, Lord's purpose that prevail. Many are the plans in a man's heart and we've all, we've all had in our life we've had plans and we are supposed to do what we can to plan, but our plan needs to line up with God's plan. Amen. One more scripture here. Deuteronomy 24, for the Lord your God is he who will who with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. He is giving, goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. And in Deuteronomy 20, if you read this whole chapter, it's a chapter of God's laws on warfare. He was, God was telling the Israelites in this passage of scriptures, if you come up against an army that is larger than yours, if your situation is overwhelming, if your situation is impossible. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Don't panic. Don't be in dread. Don't let your heart faint. This is good instruction out of the Old Testament because he told them, I am with you. And it's good to know that God has a good plan and good for those who whose lives he wants to use and to touch and to those who you are to touch, who I'm to touch. It's the plan of the Lord. That's the good plan that he has for us. So enemies are going to come and we have to be prepared we have to know who our god is and we also now have to know who our enemy is and we understand when his strategies come we understand oh it's just the devil let's turn the light out on him let's because the enemy wants to frustrate us remember the miracle of the breaking I'm not talking about the book right now when jesus took the not enough he blessed the fish And the lows, he broke it, and it became the more and enough. You may feel like your life is just so broken, but God says, everything that you give to me, every sacrifice that you make, every mental anguish that you go through, and it instead of defeating you, it causes you to be more determined to go on. So as I was thinking about this Sunday, I told them Saturday, I said, I've got one scripture and a whole lot of thoughts. And so the scripture that I was thinking about was the one that we all hear so much, Jeremiah 29 and 11. Could you quote that? Anybody here? Okay, let me hear some. 29. A little bit louder. For for I know the plans that I have for you. God is saying, I have plans for you. And the plans that I have for you are good. The plans that the enemy has for you, those are evil. But what I have for you, every one of you, doesn't matter where you've been born and whose family you were born into, what you didn't have, what you did have, But God's speaking today. And he says it's a today word. So Jeremiah. In the chapter 29. He had prophesied. And he sent a letter to Nebuchadnezzar. King of Babylon. Who had taken the Israelites into captivity. And Jeremiah. Had the king. He told the king. He said I want you to go tell them. Their God is bringing them out of captivity. Now. Do we ever think that do we ever think about the fact that God uses the enemy to take the mail to us? He did in this instance He did. There are some things that God allows us because and He wants the enemy. here's what really gets me. He wants the enemy to know that God is going to deliver the very people that he has in bondage. I wonder if the devil gets notes on you. I wonder if he gets notes on me. I believe that there's times when you get up in the morning and maybe you have been in captivity. It's been hard. It's been rough. And God sends to your enemy a note. And he says, I just want you to tell Carl that everything's going to be okay. That he's coming out on top. Now, isn't this something? The enemy, they've been in captivity. And not only did Jeremiah send this letter to Nebuchadnezzar. He also said, go ahead in verse 5 and build houses and make yourself at home. This is part of the prophecy that Jeremiah sent. Put in gardens and eat what grows in that country. Marry and have children so that you'll thrive in that country and not waste away. See, when the enemies come in so many times, we just want to stop. We, we just wanna, We want to hang up our harps. We want to cry. We want to tell everybody how bad it is. But the word of the Lord is saying, now Nebuchadnezzar, get the word to these people my people get the word to them the lord says build houses make yourself a home put gardens eat marry have children encourage your children to marry and have children so they'll thrive in that country and not waste away make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare now would you like to get that letter isn't that something? I mean, go ahead, do the best you can, because sometimes, if it goes well for Babylon, things are going to go well for you. In other words, you just keep doing what you know to do. I'm sending a letter to you today. Don't be weary in doing well, because I am going to deliver my people. And this was God's word on, on, on this subject. As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up, and not a day before, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. Aren't you glad that God knows what he's doing? I have it all planned out. God's got it planned out. It isn't going to stop right where it's at and how it looks right now. You may be still... Over there in Egypt, you may be somewhere you don't really want to be, but God said, go ahead, build your, go ahead and live life. Come on. The enemy hates it when people will go ahead and live life and will believe the word of the Lord that comes forth to them. They'll go ahead and do what they know to do. Hmm. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. Oh, so see, I just did the scripture that we all know. Let's go a little farther. Not too many people read before or behind. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, church, he said, if you call on me, if you pray, if you'll ask me, I know you feel desperation. I know you feel overwhelmed, but I got a way out for you. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and to want to know it about it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree says I will turn things around for you. Now that's good news. Backed up, all of it can be backed up by New Testament. That's good news though. See, God's always been into the business to listen to his children when they cry out with a heart unto him. And so many times we do it and then we go back out and our flesh is still in control. Okay, we're going to take a little journey here. We all remember... In the book of Esther, when she came on the scene, but not just to be a queen, that was not her destiny, but to be a deliverer. God used her to be a deliverer of her people. Sitting in this building today, God has called you to be a deliverer to people that are in bondage and enslaved and in evil and can't move forward because you have not shared with them what God has put in you to share. We're in 2023. We have eight days that maybe we didn't do what God called us to do. But look at all the other days we have in 2023 to make it the year of the Lord like it's never been before in our life. Amen. We all know that uh, Esther was raised by her cousin, Mordecai, after her parents had passed away. And he took her as his own child. And she was a beautiful Beautiful woman. That's what the word of God says. She was lovely in form and features. And, and there was something about the way she carried herself. Coolness. Under stress. Even when life is stressful, you can still carry yourself as a child of the king. A child of God. Her persona was attractive. She was beautiful and submissive in her heart. She knew how to follow instructions, and she knew how to walk in the favor with God and with man. Esther 2 and 9 tells us that the girl pleased Haggai. Haggai was the attendant that she was assigned to for her beauty treatments. And he was pleased which means that esther gained great favor Favor's not fair because not everybody will walk in the favor that god's trying to give them god wants us all to walk in favor you know what grace is favor of god grace grace to you favor favor to you Have you ever been around anybody, you look and you've watched their life and all you see is they walk in favor all the time. It's amazing when somebody understands that it's the will of God that we walk in his favor. If we don't know what his will is, we will not eat and live in the kingdom of God. But may I tell you that we'll never walk in his favor if we're not submissive. Remember, David, he found favor with God because of his heart and the respect that he even had for an evil king named Saul. I mean, we all know that story. Not going to go there. So I'm going to go back just a little bit here. Esther required nothing except what her attendant, hey, guys, suggested for her. She didn't need anything else. They, You know, when she was asked what she needed, she didn't ask for anything else. She walked in the favor that was given her, knowing that what she needed to be presented to the king. Oh, my goodness. Think of this. Come on, church. Help me here. Think about it. The grace, the favor that is on our life, and it's all that we need. To find favor, because we've already found favor and grace with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So she required nothing else. She went through the process for 12 months of beauty treatments. And you guys think we women primp? Yeah. I won't get any farther than that, but I mean, six months of this and six months of that. and I mean, presenting herself. Could it be we spend six months fasting and praying could it be that the next six months we read and pray and fast i don't know whatever we can to beautify for the king of kings she listened to Mordecai and did not reveal her nationality because he was her leader she listened to instruction verse 17 the king 217, loved Esther more than all the other women. She obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the other virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head, and she made queen instead of Vashti. The story moves forward. I I was tempted to preach about Vashti a little bit, but I did it. I moved on. The story moves forward, and there's another uh, player in the story, and his name is Haman. And he was the man that had the hatred for the Jews. He represents evil. He represents the devil. He represents when God loves something, the enemy hates it because they're polar opposite. Haman is very political, and he knew how to work that evil. He was a manipulator. When given a seat of honor by the king, it went to his head. If anything goes to your head. Learn to be never impressed by your own success. Never, ever. I am this or I am that. Never be impressed. If you're not impressed with yourself, you're not going to be impressed by celebrities. You're not going to be impressed by whatever. You won't be impressed by that. But we are really impressed about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So it's really important that we know. Stay humble. When other nobles that would they would come around less rank than him, and they would enter the gate. They were supposed to bow to Mordecai. I mean, oh my goodness, this guy needed approval. He needed it so much. That's what he lived on, for was approval. But Mordecai, he refused. I mean, this is a godly man. And he laid at the gate with uh, other Jews and and Esther, she didn't know what was going on, and that she had heard he wasn't eating, and, and uh, she sent clothes, which he refused, because they, you know, they were in, in sackcloth and ashes at the gate, and, uh, but he gets a message back, and he tells Esther, Encourages to go before the king and talk with him. And of course, Esther says, "You know, this is this is dangerous if I go. You know, you're not supposed to just go to the king." But he tells Esther, "Who knows? But that you might have come into this kingdom for such a time as this." Dots are beginning to connect. Okay, her parents die. That's a tragedy. That's a hurt. That's something that's hard. To get over, but the Bible doesn't dwell on it. I, at least I don't know that, the, you know, I've never read that, that any more than, than I don't know how they even died, but they died. And it was a tragedy. But it shows also just because your life has been hard and hasn't been easy doesn't mean that God can't use you. If He can ever get us to quit complaining and griping about it and understand how blessed we are, then that's when. God begins to move into our life miraculously. She's raised by a God-loving man who sees a future and a hope for a broken girl. And he had the challenge. I mean, Mordecai, my goodness. I mean, that was family that died. But he stepped up. Think if he hadn't taken care of this child. He was appointed to take care of that child. I don't know if he griped about it or he didn't. Surely he didn't. Surely he saw that it was gifts of God because God had a plan for her. And he got to be part of imparting into her so that the whole nation, her people, his people, they would be saved. Mm. See, God's plan. Oh, we don't understand it sometimes. Sometimes it's so frustrating. We don't, what, what are you doing, God. Maybe you ought to talk to God a little bit. God, what are you doing? And then get quiet and see what he says. may take him a little while to talk back to you because you're still talking too much. I Sorry. Not really. (laughs) We know she gets picked. Mordecai tells her, if you remain silent and you do nothing, God will have to raise somebody up. In other words think about this if Esther had not been obedient because the word does said that if Mordecai says if you don't do it then God will have to use somebody else but what if that was the case scenario she had not been obedient and God was trying to get okay I got to find somebody else how long would they have had to stay in captivity How many are going to stay in captivity because we are fearful, afraid, not enough? How could God use me? I wonder how long before the Jews would have been delivered, if at all. I guess they would have. But he was a really tough cousin. And Esther, don't you think for a minute that you and your family are exempt when we're disobedient? See, it's not always just for someone else. It's for us too. But sometimes we only see what we want and what we need for us when God says, You do this, and there's going to be all kinds of people delivered because that's what you're on this earth for. God's plans are higher than ours and they include using our life to bring hope and deliverance to others. So Esther rises up in boldness and her famous words were if I perish I perish. And so she moves on Esther moves on in the story and she invites wicked Haman to dinner. She it's a marvelous story, darling. It is. What a story it is. We get in chapter five. You'll just have to you'll have to on your own. You'll just have to go and jump and go through the story again. It's so good. She invites Haman to dinner, uh, and then she invites him for a second time. I believe when she invites him for the second time, she's waiting for God to speak and get the instructions that God wants. uh, You know, God. Okay, okay. Now how how's this evil going to be revealed? Is what she's wondering. So Haman though he can't keep his mouth shut. He goes home and he boasts to his wife and he boasts to his friends that he is going to a dinner party. He's been invited by the queen to come and have dinner, and he is boasting so much on it, uh, about it, and so he couldn't help himself. But you know that the enemy is waiting in fear that you're not going to be intimidated by him. And so Haman, he thought he was okay when he was proudly boasting. And the he talked to his friends now we need to be careful which friends we talk to and which advice we take because his friends and his wife told him to build gallows and get cuz it that way they'll hang Mordecai and the Jews and and so sounded like a a good good uh, thing to do so oh Haman had, you know man he was going to he's going to get this done and uh, and then there's another scenario to the story, while this was going on, the king, one night after he'd gotten some news, he could not sleep, and that's in chapter six. And uh, during a sleepless night, he read the book of the chronicles that Mordecai had saved his life. He he had forgotten to do anything to bless him, and he found out there was no reward for Mordecai. A dot was connected to something that happened in the past to reveal the heart of Mordecai. Come on you guys, you got it. I hope you're following me. You're smart people. Come on, I'm talking about your life. It's full of dots of connecting where you had a moment, you met somebody or a provision that would not you would not have had had there not been situations. Mordecai, you've done something that got the attention of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You've done something that when it comes your time, just as it was for the the enemy to be defeated, there comes that time where God says, Oh, yeah. Mm. There's my servant. And I really... Want to do something to reward them, their faith. They stood strong. They believed. They didn't give up in the hardest of times. And so, what have we done to do? Give favor for this man? Nothing. So here comes the enemy. See, when God gets ready to reward you, and I'm telling you, I know without a shadow of a doubt that in this church today, and it's probably 95%, because there might be 5% a percent that doesn't really enjoy a woman preacher, or there might be 5% whose minds just keep going wherever, but the word of the Lord is alive and well, and it will touch the hearts of anybody that can get pass whatever it is that would maybe hinder, God is saying that 95% in this congregation today and listening, God's getting ready to reward and promote you. I believe it with all my heart. Getting ready to reward his people. But the enemy doesn't like that, doesn't like this this message. So when you see him coming back around, you just you just plead the blood of Jesus over your situation and turn off the light and go on and do what's next. To live life. Don't don't camp out on what he's saying or what he's doing. So the accuser, Haman, comes in talking about Mordecai, and now the king has some information now. And the king asks him, What should be done to the man that delights to honor? Okay, let's read it. Do we have it, uh, Esther 6, six ten. Okay, then I'll just talk about it. Read it later. The devil has a script written out against you and me. Do you know that? You know, he goes, he, he wants to make sure he gets it right. He has a script. And Haman had one because he told the king what the king turns around and tells him now. Go at once, get the rope and horse, and do not let anything that you have suggested be undone. Now, Mordecai gave a really good list because he thought the king was talking about him. The, the enemy watches your, watches your life. He watches your family pa- patterns. And he's looking away to cause your demise. He just does. That's what the devil does. We're we're no one special. That's just his job. That's what he does. Oh, but those that know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So when you get to verses ten through thirteen, I love it when the enemy knows his fate. Now that was the sad time. I can't imagine. I the sick, have you ever been sick to your stomach and have cold chills and you've had burnings and everything else, if you've ever got devastating bad news, you know what that means. When life has just literally been been sucked out of you. I've, li- I've been there more than once. And it's, it's overwhelming. I love it when the enemy knows his fate. When he knows that he stepped over into a line he cannot defeat God you would think he would know that but see the only thing that he has to get to is you while Haman was enjoying telling his advisors and his wife all of a sudden they turned around and they're saying big boy you're in trouble Ah, uh, you're done for, Haman. So, those advisors that was wanting the, the gallows put out there, they have a different message here. So, Haman's ride, sent from the queen, comes to take him to dinner, to the dinner that he was so previously excited about. I have to stop and ask how many of you are intrigued with a royal family? Do we have any royal family followers? Anybody be honest, no, this is not bad, but oh, we got a few, okay. How many watched the funeral of Queen Elizabeth? Oh, we went up some. there we go, yeah, mm-hmm. nosy are we. It's kind of interesting though, really, right? Um, how many watched the funeral? How many watched the crowning of King Charles? Oh, my husband. How many watched and listened about the feud between Prince Harry and Meghan and the royal family? Mm, Okay, yeah, you're all getting more honest here. It's going, I mean, yeah. But this story is much more exciting, I got to tell you. This is a better story. But see, in the word of God, it's amazing what we find that lines up with our Lives and lives of other people all around us. So we go on to the next chapter and the king and queen, they've had a little time to converse. It sounds like they're on ice. You know, it's sometimes it's a while before we get to tell each other anything. You know, I know that's hard to believe, but it's really, really true. And sometimes when we're together, we forget what we were going to tell them. It just happens. But the king, he's so impressed and so in love with his new queen, and he's telling her that you can have up to half of his kingdom. Now, that's generous for that day, but she wasn't interested in that. She wasn't interested in what she could get, and that's how we need to be with God because he says, I'll give you whatever it is that your heart's desire that lines up with my word. It's yours. You have my favor. You just got to believe it. How do I walk in the favor of God? You say what the the word says. You pray. You read the word. You're kind. You're just a lovable person because you love Jesus so much. So when telling his queen that she could have up to half a kingdom, she only asked that her life be spared and that of her people, that they had been sold and it determined that they all should be killed. Now, this is a dinner party. This is a dinner party. I told you, the royal families, I don't know what this is like. I'm sure they've had tense moments. But I've tried to imagine the feelings that Haman had when the king needed to know. Who would do such a thing? And the queen? This is a lovely story, darling. Don't you love a good story when the villain gets caught? The king's angry when he finds out. And he walks out and he goes out into the, the palace gar, uh, garden, garden. You know, you, do you ever have to just walk away and get yourself pulled together? You know, because you might want to do something right at that moment, you know. And uh, Haman, he's vile and he's not real smart at all, obviously. He's lost. He's lost. Those people that are acting like fools, they're lost. They don't know the Jesus that we know. Haman could have changed way back in chapter 1. He could have been a different person, but he chose not to be. So the Bible says that as he's trying to make a case with Esther, plead his case, that she was resting on the couch, and I, I, in my mind, I'm seeing him knelt down, and he's trying to talk to her, plead with her, and say, Esther, please, please, because he knows those gallows are going to be used on him. He's smart enough that it's hit him now. He knows that it's not going to be good. Well, the king walks through, and you talk about a mad king. He was mad. He thought that she was try- he was trying to molest his wife. Now, that'll make a man mad. That'll get him that'll get on their haunches real quick. And he was already mad at him, already angry with him. I love it when the word of God is used on the devil. Because that's what the word of God is. Remember when Jesus told the devil, it is written. When he was tormenting him, trying to torment him, trying to get him to give into the flesh the enemy will torment you so much that our flesh will run to a crutch to cope. After Haman's moved out of the story, the king had Mordecai to write a new decree for, to save the, the Jews and override the one that was made by Haman. We need to learn to write down what God has said about your life. You need to put it on paper. You need to, if there's a tape somewhere that, a prophecy or something, listen to that. Read the word of God that confirms it. Uh, I would suggest that you read chapter 8 of Esther because we're moving on. But there was one suggestion that happened, and Haman had said when he th- when he's full of his pride, and when he thought that the king was wanting to know what the man should get for honoring him, he suggested to robe the man. The king wanted honor. He wanted, uh, or, or Haman wanted. Uh, the one that the king wanted to honor, Haman thought, oh, this is my moment. This is my time. I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be sitting on a carriage uh, uh, and go through the streets with a beautiful horse. And I'm going to be able to proclaim, they're going to proclaim honor for, about me. And they're going to know that I am someone special. But the, but the story goes on and turns around and guess who gets to ride the victory ride? Mordecai, (laughs) he goes through the streets in honor of his God and in honor of the king. Many times in the word, God says, go ahead, devil, read your script. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be telling the devil, just read your script. Because what he has meant for evil, God says, I'm going to take it and I'm going to turn it around for your good. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead, read it, that I'm going to rewrite the script. Kind of like Moses, you know, he was living out in the... Okay, I'll preach a little bit. I know I've been storytelling, but let me preach a little bit. It looked like Moses would end up living his life on the backside of the desert, tending sheep. We all know how he got there because he was a hothead, right? God shows up and he says, I have a better plan for you than being out here tending the sheep of your father-in-law. But... While he was out there tending the sheep, he was growing. Something was changing. His character was changing. He was learning to be obedient. Remember Peter? Peter, do you love my sheep? Over and over he asked him. He was trying to see, do you have that love inside of you to take care of what I'm going to give you the responsibility for? And so Moses was told. And we can connect the dots He was a hothead who learned how to take care of sheep. And he was destined to lead millions through the desert. Training, training. God's been training. You keep thinking, God, you know, I blew it the first time around. This is it. This is the only chance that I get, but not with God, because God sent Jesus Christ so that there's nothing that he can't do. He sent him so that when we do sin and when we have fallen short of the glory of God, we repent and we mean it and we turn around from our wicked ways. We don't keep doing the same thing. Because your flesh will if you let it. But a fast will break that off of your flesh. I could tell you people today that because of fasting, they broke something off of their flesh that had them in bondage for years. How about Joseph? When the script was written for Joseph by his brothers... They wanted to destroy the future and the hope. Praise and worship team, you can come up and start getting ready. Wanted to destroy that. He was sold into slavery. He went to Potiphar's house in charge of Potiphar's estate. He was trusted. That was, he was having a dream and then disaster struck. And then he was sold to a man named Potiphar. Then he took care of his house. He found favor, right? He was in charge of saying, then he got wrongly accused and he ended up in prison, blessing, curse, blessing, problem, blessing, problem. That's life, right? Right, right, right. Okay. He was in prison, but he ended up with great favor with the warden. Isn't that something? He became the captain of the guard in prison. He still had his integrity intact. God was still using him. When I was at my lowest, God was still using me. When I knew nothing about what God really had for me, I kept being faithful. I kept proclaiming the word of God. He met Pharaoh's baker and cupbearer because they had gotten scooted off to prison too. He interpreted dreams and he had promises made by someone that when they got out of prison, they forgot about Joseph, the interpreter. They forgot to remember him. Oh God, it's been two years and I'm still doing the same thing I was doing. I've not what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. I'm still here. Every time I go, move forward, I get slapped back. Left him in prison for another two years. Connecting any dots yet? Think of his timeline, his life. I just read you through them. A few had a dream, got thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, went to Pharaoh's house, so on and so forth. But Pharaoh had a dream. No one could interpret it, and oh, 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 this young man, he interpreted a dream for Oh, I forgot about him. You may people feel like people have forgot about it. maybe they have forgotten about you. Maybe they have, but God has not forgot about you. He has not. So we got to quit blaming and focusing only on the one that forgot us. Went on with their lives. Went on they are happy they got what they needed but God says oh that extra two years that you stayed in here I've been doing something in your life because the plans that I have for you for your future are so big and so great that you've had to have this time to trust me you thought you were never going to make it out you didn't think it was ever going to change except ooh, wait a minute Joseph remembers the dreams don't you know that those dreams came to him again and again while he when he was in those down times the word of the Lord that had been spoken to him I don't care how much the devil torments you and tells you that you're never going to make it or it's never going to get okay it doesn't make any difference God will never go back on what he has told you and what he has spoken to your lives he just will not he's a God that cannot lie he cannot fail and he does not change Mm. the next thing that comes along the next dot that happens when he gets he interprets the dream he was promoted the second highest rank in Egypt the prophecy that he gave, that the Lord gave him, there was going to be seven years of prosperity. There was going to be seven years to store and plan for the future. So Joseph stored the bumper crops. Famine hit for seven years. And that's when The dream. Begin another dot. That's when his brothers came to the very one they had made fun of for help. There's a story in that, Ezra, I'm going to quickly, briefly, you read it to yourself. We're not reading it. But there was a heathen king named Cyrus of a heathen nation, Persia, that God ordained him to rule. He was evil, but God ordained him to rule. See, that's why we don't really know everything that God's thinking. We need to pray for authorities That we don't like. But there was something about Cyrus here. That God was using a dot. He was to rebuild the temple and set the Jews free from captivity. Well, the Jews were delayed for 18 years. 18 long years by their enemy. Mm, Delays, not denial. I don't care how many long. Years you've been waiting didn't make any difference. They get the foundation and the enemy shows up. It sounds like Nehemiah's story, doesn't it? The enemy hears their praises. And excitement, so he brings out intimidation. When you get excited about something, you watch and see if the devil won't try to intimidate you. He will. But remember, he's standing there in fear and anxiety that you're not gonna take what he's offering you and you're not going to. You're gonna shut the door. No delivery here. They were frustrated, they were distracted, they were discouraged for their purpose. These were those that come out of captivity. And so for momentarily, it was a victory for the enemy. But God stirred up the spirit of a man named Zerubbabel. And he set, just like Nehemiah did, he set to rebuild the temple. And this time, see, we have to learn something. Every time that the enemy comes to you, you ought to be stronger. You ought to have your word ready. You ought to to plant your feet just like Shama did and said, "Uh -uh, you've taken the same thing over and over. I'm smarter now than I was before. I know more about who I am in Christ than I knew last time you knocked on my door. This time when he came, The enemy was asked, when the enemy asked, what are you doing here? God stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. And they say, who sent you to build? Do you think you are the one? They didn't stop. They told the enemy, we're here on a mission and you're not going to stop us this time. Your home has been havoc, but it's time for men and women to stand up and say, nah, this time I know your games, you act the same way, I act the same way, and we keep going down the same road because we refuse to let the situation we've been in help us change to keep in the favor of God in our life. They spoke out and said, it's been spoken and written in the archives by King Cyrus that we can build. Do a search. Go on. Enemy, get out there. Go read the decree. Go ahead, read and see what it says. We need to tell the devil... You, you've heard what the word, this is what the word said. Read it, read it. This is what God thinks about me. This is what it says. It's in the archives. Go check it out. Come on. It is written. I'm telling you, a decree many years ago was spoken over solid rock, spoken over my life, over Daryl's life, over your lives. We need to do some searching in the word of God and speak out because I don't care how old you are God's not done with you yet I've learned that we're gonna do and be until God says okay you have finished your course you've run the race well it doesn't make any difference who's written what about you or spoken your demise what has God spoken about you tell the devil to go check because it is written. Time to connect the dots and see how he's brought you from way back then to this place where you're at right now. Because you know the plans he has is settled. We're the only ones that can stop. The only one that can stop what God said. We are the only ones. Because we can abort the plan of God in our life. That's the only way that would happen. Matthew twenty four thirty five: Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Micah seven seven eight says, But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the Lord, the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do you believe that your God hears you? Oh, I do. He loves it when I talk to him. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. An enemy, do not rejoice over me, O my enemy. Though I fall, I will rise up. I might be down, but I'm getting up. I won't say, I'm either up or getting up. Amen. Though I dwell in darkness, the Lord is alive for me. I'm going to close. This is my closing. But I'm going to share two stories with you. Because I'm going to share them because I want them to encourage your life. I want to talk a little bit about Daryl and I's life and how God connected some dots. There's so many more. But I want to plant some hope inside of you. Because if he'll do it for you, he'll do it. And for Daryl, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for anybody. Maybe not what we got. But God will do it for you. I want to read a prophecy to you. 1991. Back in the old church. Roger Hawkins was preaching a revival. He's been in really poor health over the last few years. About a year ago, I called him, and I said, Brother Roger, do you remember the prophecy you spoke over me? He said, no. I said, well, let me read it to you. This is what the Lord said. Darlene, I saw you praying about some quiet time. This is 1991. God spoke when I was so young. But I'm just saying, you know, there's just, you know, it's amazing, you know, God's been having to do an awful lot in me all these years to get me to where he's brought me today because my flesh is stupid. Darling, I saw you praying about some quiet time. You're caught up in all the ministry and activities, and you've desperately felt that you need some quiet time and be alone. God is going to give you that quiet time, and you will take a pen in hand and write things that God is going to give you by revelation. You will relate that to, your, to the experiences of your life, of heartache, joy, disappointment, and most of all, the blessings of the Lord. These writings will not only bless people in this area, but in other areas and help them to receive from God through your writings. Because he's going to inspire you to do so, God will give you the time, and when it begins to happen, Daryl will understand. Because it will be a great blessing to him and to, the, to see the enjoyment and fulfillment that people are going to get out of receiving what God is going to give you. You didn't go through all those times of trouble and heartbreak and trials and experience blessings to keep to yourself and just for this congregation. You will put it on a printed page and people will receive it and it will change lives. And then he said, Father, in the name of Jesus, let a double portion of your spirit and the anointing rest upon her to do the things that's in her heart and to fulfill the call within her. Lord, help her to be a blessing and touch other people's lives and the power of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That was a dot. There was dots that got me to that, but that was a dot. I just want to share these things with you because I want you to be excited about your future. And I promise I'm going to let you go. This, it won't take me very much longer. If I can get this little book. This little book doesn't say a whole lot. Except my life, his story. Pastor Daniel Wormuth handed me this on March The 6th in 16, 2016. That prophecy was 1991. And in between those times, there were words that were said that I knew. I knew that I was supposed to. And I knew that I struggled with time. I knew. Anyway, I wrote this. I had just finished up a WAW conference at their church and was getting ready to leave. And Danny handed me this book and he said to me darling it's time you write that book i never talked to danny about that book ever never ever ever had i talked to him and so i wrote danny when you handed me this notebook i know that god was reminding me again that his story needed to be told many has prophesied words and have been spoken over me during life's journey When you handed me this journal, I knew that our God, a good father, said this is the time. He spoke through you and confirmed this call. No matter how many times I was convinced that my life was not uncommon to many, God still says not all will allow my story to be told through their lives. I love the fact that he spoke that it would be a that it wouldn't be a struggle. Thank you, Lord, for your flow and through me. Today on 4, five sixteen, I picked up my pen. And I yielded myself to write my life history about the breaking, the miracle of the breakings of our life. dots just keep connecting right now I can't get enough books printed to get to those that are asking for them I just had someone that I don't know that wants to take the Farsi book they want to read it and put it on a YouTube channel that is just for some Iranians because they can't have printed pages They're wanting the PDFs so they can read them because if you put paper in there and they get caught, it's their lives. Nothing, nobody just had to take care of the sheep and get over myself. One more. Don't you love a good story? It's better than the royal family because we got royal blood flowing through our veins. Every one of us that's sitting here. Stand to your feet. We're getting ready to sing. There's nothing that my God can't do. But before we do that, I have one more story that you just got to hear. I believe that it was in 2006 or 8, one or the other, but it's way back there. Daryl and I was at a global advance meeting and when you, they had, had brought in a lot of missionaries from overseas. And, uh, you know, that's how we got started in doing leadership conferences was through Global Advance. Well, we met this beautiful little couple. And we had lunch with them or breakfast, had a meal. They invited us to come to Siberia. And we never made it to Siberia. But. We would get newsletters from them. We'd pray for them. And Daryl remembered that they talked about they had all kinds of TV stations in Russia and, and wish you would come. And But there again, we didn't make it. We were in Armenia. And it was the last day before we head back. And I was is after the service. And I was sta- signing uh, my book and talking to people. And there was this young couple beautiful young couple that was standing over and impatiently waiting I hadn't really noticed them until the last few people because it was a huge crowd that that Sunday morning and but they stood there and they waited and the girl Jessica came up to me and she said we really enjoyed the leadership conference and uh, we just enjoyed it so much it just ministered to us we're from Russia and uh, we're trying to get to Israel and so But I felt, I just felt that drawing. I was like, uh, let me give me my email. Email me so we can talk. Long story short, tonight, right? Tonight on At The Table, you're going to hear a miraculous story from this young woman and Ilya. We've been holding it because they've been trying to get into Israel. Because Christians in Russia, they've been sent out. Most of them, they're going out by droves into the country of Israel. We support Israel. And we're going to continue to support it even more. Because got dots, another connection right there. But, but here, the Russian Jews, Jews what did I say? Oh, Russian Jews, yeah. They're, they're going to Israel. And Christians and whomever's there, they've had to get out. But anyway, they're on the podcast. Their story's amazing. They hadn't made it yet to Israel, so we had to withhold it. We couldn't put it out yet. They're in Israel now, so listen to that tonight. And then we're going to have part two really, really soon. But here's a beautiful thing of the story. Remember that couple that we met all these years ago? Well, Jessica and Ilian. They were. We were writing back and forth. We were trying to, you know, there's, we, it, to get a podcast with our time and their time was really hard. And so we were writing back and forth. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit it had to be the Holy Spirit. I would have found it eventually, but it was the Holy Spirit. Said to me, "Huh. I wonder if there's any connection between because I'd had, you know, I I knew they were in Russia." Siberia, this couple. Anyway, I quickly wrote back to Jessica and said, Do you know Janet and Ilya? And I don't know what their last name is right now. I couldn't say it anyway. And while I hadn't heard back because there's a real time delay, I went through my emails and I started putting, I remember the lady's name was Janet. And I started Janet. And about the time I started that, there was a newsletter that popped up that they just sent. And I told Dar- I went in and told Daryl, I said, Daryl, I am almost positive. This is a couple we met all those many years ago that have made it to Israel. And their daughter and son-in-law is going there to help them minister to the Jews, the Russian Jews, connecting Dots. I told you that story to tell you this, that God is connecting dots. Do you understand? Do you see it? Do you know that on those days when you're miserable, don't give up, don't give in. See what the word of God says, because what God has for you, it's the most exciting journey you'll ever have in your life. And it's worth the wait, but enjoy it while it's happening. We're going to sing there's nothing my God can't do. That means that whatever you need in your life, whatever you're believing God for in your life, there's nothing too difficult for him. And at the same time, when we're doing this, if you want to come forward, if you want prayer, if you want us to agree with something with you, I want you to walk forward. Or if you just are making a proclamation today that I know that I know that I know that there's nothing too difficult for my God. I know that he's going to do it and I I'm excited because I'm going to walk in his favor. I'm going to walk according to his word. And I'm not going to listen when the enemy comes back and he's bringing fear and he's tormenting me. And this time it's not going to work for us. This time it's really falling apart. This time we're not going to make it. You need to say, okay, devil, I know, but God's got the script already read, uh, ready for me. I know what his word says. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. My family is going to live in the freedom of the power of the Holy Ghost. And this year is my year to allow God to do the impossible in my life. Is there anyone in this house that dares to believe that God has been getting you ready for your tomorrow? Even on this day, anybody believe at all that God can use you? Come on, let's sing it. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at DarleneSolidRock at gmail.com Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at DarleneRhodes.org Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us. At, at the table with Darlene.